You're listening to The Driven, the podcast that gives you the news and the views, the ins and the outs on electric vehicles. The Driven is presented by Giles Parkinson, the editor of Renew Economy and The Driven websites, and is brought to you by ZeroMo, a non-profit initiative helping transition to battery-powered lawn and gardening equipment and electric vehicles using 100% renewable energy. Hello and welcome to The Driven Podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of The Driven and also of Renew Economy. And uh, joining me today is a special guest, Nigel Morris. Um, Nigel, thanks for joining us. Oh, don't thank me. Giles, thanks for having me, mate. I think I twisted your arm significantly to get me here, right? Well, you kind, you kind of did, but that's okay. That's okay for, for, for good reason. Um, to listeners who don't know Nigel, um, he's a co-host with me on another podcast that we do solar insiders and we do that fortnightly and you can find that on one step off the grid and on renew economy and on your favorite podcast platform and look that mostly focuses on the solar industry and battery storage and things behind the meter and um, distributed energy but um we're both we always talk about electric vehicles we, at the end as well. Exactly, don't we? We exactly. Slip something in about electric motorbikes, and you always slip something in about electric <laughs> motorbikes. I'm never going to slip anything in about electric motorbikes, but I might just slip in a few things about electric cars. Yeah. Um, and we sort of rattle on for about five or ten minutes at the end of that podcast. But this time we're going to have you on board for a whole episode. Woo. Mainly because um, you've just been to uh, Intersolar in Germany, which is primarily a um, primarily a, um, a, a solar um, thing, but um, an awful lot of happening in in in, um, in EVs around there. There is, and and you know the thing that really struck me with Intersolar was not only, and we've talked on on Solar Insiders about what I saw there and everything else, so I won't repeat that, but. The connection between solar generation and battery storage and EVs was was abundantly uh, evident to me at Intersolar. Um, they were connected. They weren't separate technologies. They were, oh, how do we leverage all these technologies together? And so, um, you know... That's really interesting because that's just something yeah. that I just don't think that has been thought about. Well, people are starting to think about it now in Australia, but because we've got so few electric vehicles, but um, it hasn't happened much. But that's clearly going to be, you know, this 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 confluence: solar, household storage, cars. Indeed, and and you've only got to look at what's happening around the world and see, you know, um, the influence of Tesla, for example. You know, who are in that whole zone, their whole business, uh, well, one of his businesses uh, is built around that integration story between storage batteries, electric vehicles, and solar. And um, you know, so InterSolar um, was kind of very, very representative of that, and that was the the big takeaway I took. Um, but you know, to kick off, what was what was really interesting was I had a little hotel um, in the in the heart of Munich. I had a commute uh, on the train of forty five minutes to get out to Intersolar every day, and so there was a fair bit of walking involved. And you know, what struck me the first thing that struck me was I'm just walking down a little back street in the middle of um, in the middle of Munich, and I went, oh, what's that big box on the side of the road? It must be a parking meter. No, it's an electric vehicle charger, and there's an electric vehicle plugged in. Um, and get down another block, and oh, that's an electric motorcycle parked on the side of the road. And it was a, a sweet little KTM that I hadn't seen in the flesh before. And then I get down to the railway station, and blow me down if there's not. Um, yeah, we have lime bikes and lime scooters and those higher electric vehicles that you're starting to see pop up at the small level around Australia now. Um, but blow me down. Um, there's a wonderful, gorgeous vintage electric 
or a modern interpretation of a vintage electric scooter, like a Lime that you could just scan with your phone and jump on and commute around Munich on an electric scooter. Um, so the first thing that struck me was how normal electric vehicles were, even even to the extent that as we were driving into the city from the airport, we spotted a Tesla taxi, um, which is not something you see every day. So the first takeaway from me was that when you get out of Australia and you get into some of these other countries where EVs are being adopted with fervor uh, and with enthusiasm, um, it's becoming the new normal. And, and to see an electric vehicle is not an unusual sight. To see a, a footpath-mounted charger, fast charger, is not an abnormal sight. To see people using electric vehicles just like they would any other vehicle is normal, uh, let alone the higher space of electric bicycles and electric scooters and everything yeah, else that's out there. I bet you they don't have weekends, Nigel. In fact, I know for a fact that in some of those <laughs> European countries they have school on they have school on Saturdays. So that's proof. They don't that have weekends. That's, that's how yeah. they can afford to have electric they vehicles. They need to and, tow um, a caravan in Munich, clearly. Oh, dearie me, dearie anyway. me. Um, yes, look, it's, um, it, it's interesting. Yeah, um, and so, um, yes, so what else did you see? Well, so... That was the first bit, and then then I get to the expo, and and the very first booth in the very first hall, as you walk into the expo, huge booth by um, it was a Q cells booth I think, and front and center in the Q cells booth is a hundred percent electric Audi with a solar carport over the top of it, and um, so. I went, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, they're, they're focusing on this integration piece as well. And as you went through the expo, you saw more and more and more and more of that type of thing. SolarWatt had the electric BMW. Mitsubishi had a stand uh, featuring its vehicle-to-grid um, bi-directional charger, which was very, very cool. So, the and Tesla had a stand with a Model 3, so I got to have a look at a, a Model 3. Um, interesting, Tesla stand was just very simple, very elegant, not many people on it, but there was a Model 3, there was a battery on the wall, uh, there was a few brochures, just very, very, very simple and elegant. So, the, Let's just stop there. Tell me about the Model 3 and what did you think of it? Because I've just, um, I've just got just my money. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, uh, it looks a bit more normal. Um, than a than an S model perhaps or the X, um, both of which are a bit more sort of sportier or catchier or something. So it's a bit more normal, conservative looking perhaps, but not a bad looking car. Um, I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night with this nightmare that's sort of turned into a Ford Cortina, because <laughs> it's got that sort of funny sort of <laughs> funny sort of front thing. Yeah, so um, a little bit Camry-ish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. don't say that. Don't say that. You wouldn't believe how much it costs. But um, oh dear. <laughs> But look, you're gonna love it. Don't sweat it. And 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 um, what I liked about it, the interior was just super clean, super simple, super clean. It's obviously not aimed at you know a two hundred thousand dollar car buyer. It's aimed at someone who just says, "I desperately, desperately want an EV, and I love what Tesla are delivering. So give me the most affordable thing that you can, and and make it simple and clean, and you know take off a few whistles and bells, perhaps. Um, and it's got a little bit of a look about it like that, but it's still unmistakably a Tesla. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's got this sort of very sort of modern sort of appearance. I mean, basically, it's just got two knobs on the uh, on the steering wheel, um, which basically control everything. And then you've got this big flat screen, and and that's kind of it. You know, um, I was sitting in my old sort of diesel Peugeot today, and I'm starting to get sentimental about having to say goodbye to it sometime soon. And it's got a bit of a retro sort of you know 
panel with all the all, all the you know the speedometer and the odometer and everything else up there, and I'm just going, oh, I'm going to miss that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> it's, a bit of a thing. It's kind of this new version and this new sort of journey into um, a, a complete. And, and look, that's what attracts me to the Model Three. One is that um, I can't really afford it, but I'm getting it anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, it's kind of it, it, it's a bit more in a bit more out there compared to some of the other electric cars which are still around about that same price and maybe not have quite so much range or quite so much acceleration and um, look if um, if Elon Musk is right and um, everyone starts valuing sort of self-driving then the car is going to be worth three times as much in about five years anyway. Indeed. Indeed. Or maybe so, not. Yeah, or maybe not. Well, you know, fingers crossed. But you're going to love it. Don't worry. Um, um, so, you know, there was, the, there was the first thing was you walk in and you just see all you know, this, this story of integration running across some of the really, really big stands. Um, but, um, you know, then I, I finally, as, as you work your way through the halls, you get to the sort of more EV dedicated uh, stuff. And in there, it was quite interesting. The first thing that caught my eye um, Giles was, um, of course, the electric motorcycles, and there was only a handful there, and they were really there to demonstrate, you know, just another type of EV. Um, but um, there was a Bramo, which unfortunately don't exist anymore. They've they've gone um, uh, the way of the dodo, sadly. Um, but terrific looking bike, and a Yohammer, which is an amazing electric bike um, made in Europe, um, fairly small volume. Um, the freakiest looking machine you've ever seen. It kind of looks like a giant snail with this huge enveloping one-piece body that you sit on top of, but I'd never seen one in the flesh before. And there was a guy there who was just demonstrating how he could boil a kettle and run a stove off his electric motorcycle. Um, that was what he was into. And he had a little kit that you could use to plug into his Yohama, Um and he could run it. And um, so that was really cool. Um then the, the next part of the expo was really about, um, there was a number of people there doing EV conversion kits, which is a really interesting sort of niche part of the whole electric vehicle scene, um, which is really, really growing. Um, well, indeed, we, we, had a, um, we had a program, an episode of the uh, Driven podcast um, a couple of months ago with Nigel Lake, who converted Nick his Lake. 19... Nick, Nick Lake. Lake. Oh, yes. sorry. Uh, there is a Nigel Lake out there. I do know him, but it's not, oh. not, not Nick. Yes, yeah, no, Nick, Nick Lake. I was just talking to Nick today. He's having a great time in that Volksy. Oh, well, of course he would be. It's a fantastic <laughs> machine. Um, yeah. 1963, bright red um, Volks, Volkswagen Beetle. I think his next project is um, some sort of Porsche, which is fashionable at a certain time, and he's hoping will be again. But, um, you know, there's quite a business. But anyway, I interrupt. Go on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not at all. You were right on the money. And so EV conversion is a real thing. And there, were, there was everything there. Was It was a replica of, a, I think it was like the first Mercedes ever built. It, was, it basically looked like a horseless carriage. Um, with an electric conversion kit on it. And um, that was just a demonstration of the old and the new altogether. Um, there was a DeLorean there, a gorgeous DeLorean made famous in um, Back to the Future, um, which had been fully converted to electric. Um, and, wow. Uh, yeah. And, and if you haven't seen one in the flesh, uh, our friend uh, Brett Sutherland up in Newcastle, uh, who runs El Mofo, who we've talked about before, he has an electric DeLorean with 500 horsepower or something crazy. Does he really? He sure does. Oh, it's the most amazing thing. I've been for a spin in it, in fact. 
and um, it is not only an incredible looking car, um, but they they lend themselves to electric conversion readily because the original motor, which was made by Rover, I think, was just such a piece of garbage. Um, but a nice stainless steel body, <laughs> modern modern sort of modern eighty styling hat, uh, you know, two door, you know, it's a cool car, so it makes for a great electric conversion. So there was a DeLorean there. Um, there were go- there was a go kart there, a fully electric go kart. Now like many listeners I'm sure you know I grew up around motorsport and people having fun and 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 a number of mates of mine had little go-karts or little two strokes and um now um you can buy a kit that fits on a standard go-kart chassis and convert your go-kart to 100% electric and undoubtedly uh have a whole lot less aggravation and hassle and maintenance and everything else uh, zero noise or virtually zero noise of course and infinitely more uh torque and probably more power as well so there was the go-kart kits were interesting um there was a skateboard kit um now electric skateboards are sort of taking off in that little niche area but this was a really interesting one because remind me why we need an electric skateboard (laughs) (laughs) aren't they supposed to roll downhill or something no i'll tell you we're not going to see we're not going to see skateboards going uphill i'll tell you why because a if you catch a bus or a train you can't fit an electric push bike on. It's hard to fit an electric scooter on. They're a bit bulkier. So skateboards are really nice and compact. That's the one major, major advantage to them. Secondly, less weight, so you know you can get good range out of them. And thirdly, for old dads like me who have young sons who like to skateboard a bit, I don't want, I don't want to push. <laughs> I just want to cruise along behind them, nice and cool, nice and sedate. And, you know, they can burn off all the energy they like, but I just want to just cruise around behind them. So that's why there's a market. But what was interesting about this one was that the motors, it didn't have a motor and a belt like most uh, skateboards. It had the motors integrated into the wheels. So the wheels actually were the motors, which is very cool. And so you basically bought a pair of trucks uh, with wheels. And that included the motors, the drivetrain, and the batteries. Uh, no little hand remote control. You just bolt this onto a standard deck, and you got yourself a, a very, very cool electric skateboard. So that was nice. And then the other thing that they had there, which is increasingly um, common, and you look on all the forums and everything else, there's this real trend for what I'm going to call hybrid motos, Giles, which is a cross between a bicycle and a motorbike, sort of a uh, sort of a mountain bike on steroids, right? <laughs> and and <laughs> laugh you may, but you know the performance that you can get out of a hybrid electric motorcycle bicycle. I mean, a it means you don't have to register it. You keep the power down. You can sort of you know save some dough. Um, but you can get really really good performance out of them. So they had a test track set up, and um, I think I think actually at one of the Keller houses. I might have made a bet with someone that I was going to beat them the next day on the electric skateboard versus the hybrid moto, but we didn't get there, sadly. But um, So, yeah, conversion kits and everything from, everything from, you know, how to convert an old vintage car through to bicycles and skateboards. So that was, that was really cool. Everything, everything's, everything's going electric. But it's, look, it's not just that. It's actually sort of, you know, it's, it's getting into, 
I reckon one of the big markets in the um, in the future of electric vehicle is going to be the Ute. You know, the, the the very thing that was thrown back at electric vehicles during the recent election election campaign, saying, "Well, you can't electrify a Ute, and you're going to kill the tradies, and you can't have yeah. a weekend because you can't tow anything, you can't stick anything in there." But right, um, catch up, it, catch, catch up, up catch up. Oh absolutely. my goodness, the utility vehicle section. And this was tiny. I mean, this was not an EV conference. But the the, the little sample that was there uh, ranged from um, the equivalent of a sort of a four wheel drive golf cart utility vehicle, um, uh, which are very common in in bigger cities. We don't see so many of them in Australia, but a little utility vehicle, you might see them at airports or you might see them at, you know, resorts or shopping centres or anything anything like that. Big market for those types of vehicles, and they've already been electrified for a long, long time. But of course, they're benefiting now from lithium batteries, um, and there was a really, really cool-looking light truck buggy type of thing. and, you know, could seat sort of two and a half people and had a tray on the back. And it was a pretty standard little utility vehicle. And I, I, I couldn't quite work out the application for it until I inevitably ended up at a Keller house, uh, the Augustina Keller, um, a wonderful beer house uh, in uh, Munich. Um, and I walked in and there's, there's, there's part to this story. It connects to the story. I walked in and I went, this is a big joint. My wife um, runs a venue, um, you know, and I spoke to the barmaid and said, gosh, you know, what do you hold here? A thousand people? It's huge. Massive beer garden and buildings. And I said, no, 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 no. Six and a half thousand outside and 1,200 inside. So, you know, almost 8,000 people. And I, my jaw dropped and I went, oh, how do you manage that many people? Well, you know how you manage it? With little utility vehicles picking up glasses. They don't, they don't walk around and pick up glasses at the Augustina Keller. Giles, they have little trucks that drive around that can fit about 500 or 1,000 glasses on them because they've got 7,000 glasses an hour to pick up. So um, apart from the, the Keller houses, great opportunity for those utility vehicles. And then there was also um, semis there. There was uh, several semi-trailers there that looked like a regular semi-trailer, but uh, one of them luckily had the hood up, uh, had the um, had the bonnet flipped over, and so you could get a good look inside and see a whole lot of electric motors and inverters and controllers and massive battery packs on them. And, and the specifications that they had were equal, if not better, to conventional semis. Of course, they're going to need fast charging and charging infrastructure like electric vehicles. But yeah, the commercial and utility space, I'm with you, mate, and we've seen announcement after announcement in Australia recently about utility vehicles. So um, I think Australia's finally catching up on that, right? Well, maybe that's where we're taking the lead, actually, or a lead, and or, or which is leading the passenger market. Um, we've seen some um, electric garbage trucks, finally. Um, we've seen a couple of electric buses, although I think we're behind the rest of the world in, in that, and particularly China, which I can't remember. I saw some phenomenal number. Oh, phenomenal. Number but uh, Sydney buses. Airport, every time I fly out of Sydney Airport, I get from the car park to the... Um, to the uh, to the terminal in electric bus every single is that time. right? Oh yeah, oh, there's there a fleet of them. Blow there. me down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. Blow me down. Well, I've never actually done that. I've always, always taken the train there. Um, and then we've got also some. You know, we've got um, the um, the guys at um, Sea Electric who are doing a. Um, who just basically take sort of normal uh, truck chassis and then just um, electrify them basically. Sort of put a battery array on them and then just sort of put the top back on and. Um, 
And that's caught the eye of uh, quite a few people in the uh, yeah. in the transport industry. So they just um, signed a deal or something, didn't they? Recently, I thought I, I read something about that. Yeah, quite a big deal for the US. Um, yeah. But they've also got the interest of people like Woolworths and um, other mm. big retailers and delivery. I mean, fantastic for logistics, really. I mean, it just works really, really well. Although um, start-stop applications and urban applications, and you know, I was looking at a, I think it was a FedEx fleet in the US. Um, you know, a year or so ago, where they they worked out that you know the start stop nature of deliveries, uh, particularly for your Amazons and Googles and everything else, um, absolutely perfect for an electric vehicle. Um, and there's a fleet of them now with drones on the top. So you know the driver turns up in his an electric FedEx truck. He wanders off to hand do a delivery. While he's doing that, the drone that lives in the roof of his truck grabs a parcel and flies off and does another delivery, and then catches up with him at the next stop. Um, and, you know, that's saving them money, making sense, reducing pollution, doing a whole lot of clever things. Hmm. So I, I th- I'm with you, Matt. I think utility is the undersung hero of the whole EV space. And you know, a lot of renderings coming out from Tesla this week, actually, about their ute and, and conversation about the fact that they think they'll be able to get their ute under 50 grand US, I think it was. Um, which is remarkable. My brother-in-law was down at Cooma with me the other week on our family holiday, had his brand new truck, and I tell you what, uh, he paid more than 70 grand for that truck. And so, you know, um, there is a market for that sort of $70,000 Australian truck. Absolutely, and considering a lot of them get it on finance and can turn it over, um, I think it's going to be a bit of a no-brainer for that market. And um the quicker that comes out, the better, because um, some of them make an absolute racket. But um, I'm not too sure. I'm looking forward to seeing them some overtaking me and coming up behind me on on the small small okay, country roads where I live. You have a Tesla three, mate. Oh, oh, that's right. I'll be able to outdo them. I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, the utility vehicle stuff was really, really interesting. And, and I mentioned all the big-name brands. We saw Audi there and BMW and Mitsubishi. And, um, yeah, there wasn't loads of cars there. But um, So it's, it's fascinating to hear that the Audi has this fully electric thing out there. I mean, in Australia, we hear nothing about that. Mm. It's, uh, it's like it's sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit like sort of spotting spaceships and things. Yeah, look, UFOs. I mean, Volkswagen have announcement after announcement after announcement. And, indeed, they set a brand-new electric vehicle record at the Nürburgring last week. Um, I don't have the numbers, but they smashed the record around the Nürburgring in the same car that they won in Pikes Peak uh, with uh, maybe six, nine months ago. Um, Okay. You better tell people what Pikes Peak is. Pikes Peak is a 12-mile, 124-corner uphill uh, road that goes to the top of a mountain called Pikes Peak, and it is an annual hill climb event, one of the biggest events in the year and um, uh, for, for hill climbs. Um, uh, got a long, long, long 100-year history, and um, last year, uh, jump on YouTube, have a look at the video of the electric Volkswagen um, uh, smashing records to pieces last year. It was phenomenal, phenomenal. So they converted that car to suit the Nürburgring, which is a famous racetrack in Germany, and a very, very high-speed circuit where everyone goes to kind of, you know, um, prove the size of their cockles, shall we say, and how fast <laughs> they can go on a very, very, very fast circuit. And, uh, yeah, so new record set there by Volkswagen. So, you know, there still lots of... We're still waiting, you know. We're teased by Volkswagen. They've got so many announcements from... You know, all their brands from Porsche, from Volkswagen, from Audi, from Ducati that we mentioned the other week. So many announcements. You know, get some stuff out there. So want to, you know, combi. 
Electric. That's oh, what I, I want that. No, no, no. The first one's coming to me, Nigel. I'm sorry. You can be the second one. You can be the second one. Top Volkswagen. So, and it and it's got five hundred thousand k's on it. Would you believe? Um, it's good for seven hundred thousand. I'm told. But um, at the rate we drive it, we we've got about a year or two, and then I want to replace it with a, a fully electric V Dub. Just imagine. I mean, I've seen that thing. Just imagine what that would be. It'd just be, just be fantastic, wouldn't it? Glorious, oh, glorious, Perfect. absolutely. Yeah, Perfect yeah. Yeah. But look, um, get back to what we were sort of talking about at the start about charges and, and smart integration, because that's going to be the really interesting move as we're going into. I mean, look, not just for sort of consumers, but um, also for the grid, for utilities, and also those sort of smart movers, those other in, you know innovative players are coming in. You know, providing smart software um, and, yep. and and a service. And it's really interesting seeing some of the inverter players now talking about electric vehicles and e-mobility, yep. Yep. all those big electronic companies. It's um, all crossing over, Giles. It's all crossing over. And it was so evident at Munich because as you moved into the EV hall, um, you sort of saw this this kind of bleeding over from the inverter guys uh, who were starting to move. And most of the big inverter guys have got EV chargers on their booths now. standard fare for, for the big inverter guys. And then as you moved more towards the EV hall, what you found was these specialists who were saying, well, yeah, we can do a charger, but we can do a charger that can do, you know, um, we can manage it off-peak for you or we can couple it up to your solar system for you so it's only using your, your excess energy and, and all these smart programs or, or if you've got a fleet of electric uh, vehicle chargers out there that you want to manage and optimize and you know manage the energy costs and all those kinds of things we've got a software program that can manage that for you if you need um, a battery storage system to go alongside that we can integrate a battery storage so you've got some um, some technology through the batteries to mitigate the peak demand on the network rather than pulling it from the network you pull it from the batteries and deliver that peak surge into the vehicle and then top it up off the network so there were a myriad I lost count at 20 I think um, um, so way more than 20 um, smart charger and integration companies who were there either doing software or hardware and integration of the two um, so that kind of brings me right back to the beginning of where I started Giles where you know I walked in and went oh, okay this is about solar but here's an electric vehicle and as I walked my way through the whole conference there I was back at the end going it's all about integration now it's all about integration. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, fascinating to see. And mate, um, and yeah, well, I mean, in 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 Australia, we haven't seen really much of that at all. Um, certainly not in vehicle to grid. Although we're going to maybe see the new Listen Leaf, which is well, it's new for Australia, but it hasn't been. It's not very new for anywhere else in in, in the world. Um, they've had it no, for a while. But, but um, you I, might be. You know what, Charles? I can't say too much, but you might be surprised about some of the experiments that are going on in Australia behind closed doors. Where tell we, me more. Where, well, you know, let's just say vehicle to grid has been demonstrated in Australia. Um, uh, it's it. There are a couple of little pilot examples um, and an increasing number of potential projects popping up we're involved on the fringes of it because we can obviously help with monitoring and understanding what's being used when it's being used how to pay for it um so that's our uh, that's our little gig in there so we're involved in that space and there's some there's some really cool stuff happening um it's very very early days in australia and and you know what was great about munich was you just went well here's companies who are up and running who that's all they do they do that mm. in europe and around the world you know so it's um it's going to be it's going to be great 
It's going to be mm. great. Fantastic. And you want to finish off with motorbikes, no doubt. Well, I just wanted to give an update. I've talked about, I, I did a big spiel on the new Zero uh, that was released um, about three, four months ago now. Um, the Zero SRF, uh, absolutely groundbreaking bike, amazing specs, amazing performance, everything else. Um, word on the internet is now that the first bikes are being delivered, um, which is really, really exciting news. The dealers have got them out there for test drives, only in the US, not in Australia yet. Um, but there are actually end users starting to get these bikes delivered now and starting to talk about this next generation of, of zero electric bikes. Uh, I'm still waiting for news on Lightning deliveries. I'm still waiting for news on Harley-Davidson deliveries. We haven't had it much nothing in fact about them but the zeros are being delivered um which is really really exciting news because they are truly the next gen you know almost 400 k's of range incredible power incredible torque you know much 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 better bikes um uh so very exciting news uh, for electric motorcycle owners around the world which is you know way more fun than your overpriced Tesla 3, maybe. <laughs> it won't be overpriced for long. Well, maybe it will remain completely overpriced forever. But um, um, but you can take a surfboard on yours uh, or two. Well, I hope so. If I get those roof racks, which I'm um, hanging up for, I had to, uh, as I was explaining in the other podcast the other day, it, uh, I sort of put the order in and went, oh, my God, what about the roof racks? What about mm. the roof racks? As mm. I saw that some people had held off because um, they were waiting for the tow bar and the roof racks. And I thought, well, I don't want a tow bar, but I do want the roof racks. But I've been assured that how I will tell you caravan, be able mate? to get them. How you can tow um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to tow a caravan. Is that oh, okay? I'm. 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 I'm still asleep in the back. Jeez, what are you going to do you on know, the weekend? Look through the, gla- look through the glass the roof. Well, I'm going out. I'm taking the Tesla. I'm taking it with me, and I'm sleeping in the back. I'm looking through the glass roof, okay. watching shooting stars and things you get like an that. Infl- you um, get an inflatable mattress that is designed to sit in the. You fold all the seats down, just sleep in the back of it. You know. You got it. There you go. Yeah. I'm driving my own caravan. Yeah. It's a perfect thing. <laughs> it's a perfect thing. Um, and um, look, um, yes, um, and, and I might end up living in it anyway. So um, <laughs> it might be the only thing I can afford. Fabulous. You'll, you'll find me sort of hanging around sort of Tesla destination charges or whatever. So yeah, um, yeah, I missed from I missed, anywhere I'm, there's a charger. Absolutely, yeah. I missed out on the free uh, on the free supercharging. So. Um, Damned. Nigel, look, fantastic um, to hear from you about this. Look, it, and, and it, look, it's really interesting that you turn up to a solar conference and just kind of mesmerized by all these electric vehicles. I mean, like, so for listeners who don't know, I mean, the Munich Inter-Solar Conference is huge. Mm. I mean, it's just just massive, massive, massive. And to think that um, it's got this sort of massive amount of um, EVs as well and all the different technologies and particularly that integration because um, that, frankly, is kind of the future of, of where we're heading. It um, is. It is absolutely. That so, integration um, piece, they exciting. just blend together so beautifully. It was wonderful to yeah. see. Yeah, which is really exciting things for consumers, but, geez, it's a bit of a mind blow for um some of the utilities trying to work out how they sort of stay relevant in a, in in a world which essentially becomes distributed rooftop solar battery storage electric vehicles your home um yeah really 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 quite extraordinary so it's going to be going to be interesting to see extraordinary 
Thanks for joining us, Nigel. I do appreciate it. And um, look, I hope our listeners enjoyed that. Um, You can catch up with Nigel and myself talking on Solar Insiders. That's a fortnightly podcast, mostly about solar, but occasional little lashings of electric vehicle news as well. Um, There is also Energy Insiders, which you can find on your podcast platform, which has the broader issues in renewables, particularly in Australia, but also some interesting overseas interviews. And I must say thank you very much to the sponsor of the Driven Podcast which is Zero Mo. Now, um, we've been talking about all sorts of different electric vehicles in this particular episode, but uh, Zero Mo is promoting all sorts of different things that you may want to have um, in the garden and um, in machinery. So um, they promote those. They don't sell them, but they can often some lend them or display. Um, do check out on their website, Um, And we thank them for their continued um, support of this podcast. And we thank you, the listeners. And we'll be back again soon with another exciting episode. Bye for now. The Driven Podcast was brought to you by Zero Mo, the non-profit initiative that supports battery electric alternatives for lawn and gardening maintenance. Zero Mo helps transition to cleaner and quieter garden power tools and electric vehicles powered by 100% renewable energy. Visit zeromo.com.au and find out how you can make the switch to zero emission, petrol-free lawn and garden maintenance.